Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, I want to tell you a couple stories today, uh, memorable times in my life, uh, and what I learned from them. So, number one is uh, coming to America. If you didn't know, uh, my brother and my mother and I um, are from South Africa. <clears throat> we first tried to come to this country when I was six months old. My brother was um, three, about to be three years old, two and some change. And it was my mom and my dad, and they moved over here. They were in New Orleans for a little bit of time and then in Chicago. And then my dad had a nervous breakdown. We moved back. My dad died. And then um, when I was three, and then we were there in South Africa, but we always had it in our heart to uh, come to America. That vision had been planted, right? Move to America. Um, And really what it was is the Lord setting it up for what he had for our family. You know, uh, the economy is way different in South Africa. Um, uh, The the place that we needed to be for training, for me, for ministry, for my brother, for what he's called to do, was here. So it was the vision that the Lord had for us, um, uh, but just in a roundabout way. You know, the Lord didn't... People look at that and they'll say, well, you know, know, God just... Knew what he was doing, and he, your your dad died so that he could, uh, you could draw you close to himself, and, and and that's not how that works. I believe that it was meant to be that we would come as a family, and be here. But anyway, so we go back to South Africa, and then we're, we're there's always this vision in our heart. So the years pass. It's ninety three, ninety four. Um, we get into about ninety four, and uh, we were praying about coming to America, and in um. Uh, July of 94, five, uh, five days before my eighth birthday, I get called out. I get prophesied over by Kim Clement, one of the most memorable days of my life. Um, prophesied over by Kim Clement. You're going to go to the nations of the world. You're going to become a household name. You'll you'll even go to the United States of America. Uh, you'll preach the gospel, take a flame to the nations, defeat the spirit that's trying to torment your family. And um, uh, so there was the my call to the ministry, but there was our confirmation. Hey, it's time to go. So we start getting everything prepared. We're selling things. We're getting things prepared. We're moving in that direction. But you know what we started to do? We started to actually take time to envision going to America. So what we would do is, is uh, most nights, uh, my brother and I would go and lay on my mom's bed, and we would all just lay there facing the ceiling, and we would talk about America, and we would talk about the day that we're going to get on a plane. And this is before we had the money to get on a plane. This is before we had the tickets for the plane. This is before the plans were worked out. And this is before we even had an open door to come, but we were moving in that direction. And so we would uh, imagine, we'd imagine the day that we, all right, we're going to the airport to go to America. We've got all our bags. All right, Ryan, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my red shorts, and I'm wearing this, and I got my fanny pack on. All right, Tim, what are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this. Okay, what's in your fanny pack? Oh, I got my G.I. Joes, and I've got my, you know, whatever. And then, all right, we're on the plane now, so can you see yourself sitting there? What are you eating? Oh, I'm eating steak and bourdevors and mashed potatoes. And, I mean, the the probably the biggest disappointment of it all was when you realize that that's, they, they don't serve that food on airplanes. Um, but anyway, and we would sit and we would imagine and we would see ourselves going to Disney World. We would, little did we know we'd be moving to Florida, land of Disney, an hour away. But we would imagine. And what that taught me is something that I still practice to this day, is using your imagination for good. You know, the imagination is a faculty that God has given us. It's part of who we are. It's part of our DNA. 
And so you can use your imagination to imagine good things, imagine bad things. Uh, there's a trailer for this movie that someone sent earlier today. Uh, I think it's coming out later on this year, but it's called Contagion. And um, it basically shows really what uh, I think one of the agendas of of, uh, of uh, the, the powers that be is to release a virus, right? Have a, vi- have, have, have a virus released. And it's these people where it catches a virus, but everyone they come in contact with. And just even watching the trailer is like so demonic. It was so crazy because it just puts these images in your head. You know, empty streets, whole cities that are vacant because billions of people have died and different things. But, but the devil wants to put images in your mind of failure, of defeat, of death, of sickness, of uh, whatever it is. But God has called us to use our imagination um, to think deeply, to God has called us to use our imagination for the things of God. What has God called you to do? Uh, you know, when I use my imagination, imagination now, a lot of times it's my, me ministering, it's me uh, preaching, it's me in front of crowds and calling people out and prophesying and laying hands on the sick and pulling people out of wheelchairs. And I spend time imagining those things, and it's it actually has built an expectation. You know, before I ever got to preach at the river here in Tampa. I had imagined it for months, not expecting that, okay, I'm going to imagine it and then a door is going to open, but just it was my picture of what ministry looked like. It's the building that I'd spent the most time in. So I saw myself ministering, calling people out, praying for people. And then when we got back, and that was while I was still uh, in the business world, when we got back, the opportunity opened for um, uh, the door opened for me to preach on, on a Sunday night and then a Sunday morning. But it's, it's, it's a faculty that God has given you. So number one, coming to America using your imagination, uh, that's why it's also important why you guard your eyes, guard what you see, guard what you hear. The Bible even tells you to do that. Be careful what you hear. Um, the next one uh, was a pretty interesting one. I was back visiting in South Africa with some family friends. The, the, the mom and dad, he's a, um, he's a uh, veterinarian. And so it's a kind of smaller town, like farming community. And um, so he would get a lot of calls to farms and, and, and deal with you know, uh, babies of cows being born and horses and different things. Well, I guess one of the issues, and I hope this isn't too graphic, but I guess one of the issues that was happening there is, I think it was something to do with the feed, but the babies inside, when a cow was pregnant or a horse was pregnant, the babies, usually cows, but the, when the, 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 the cows inside were growing too big, shoulders too wide. And so a lot of times they weren't able to fit through the birth canal. And so he would have to go out and help this process along. In some cases, the baby dies, and then the mom would die if the baby's stuck. Again, hope it's not too graphic. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen this process before. I've seen what they're doing. I'm not squeamish. I don't mind seeing blood. It doesn't bug me. And I'm, I'm probably like 20, 21 at this time. And so we go out, he says, hey, do you want to go out for a farm run? So we go out and it's the same process, right? Um, and he's removing this baby uh, from this mother. There's, there's blood, there's all this. Anyway, uh, I'm watching this and I'm okay with this. I don't have any, there's nothing wrong with this in my mind. I'm, I don't have a problem with what I'm seeing. But this taught me a, uh, an important lesson, but um, all of a sudden, I'm standing watching this. Thankfully, I didn't have a task to do, but I'm watching what's happening here. And all of a sudden, I start to feel a little dizzy, and I start to like feel lightheaded. And I realize my body is reacting to what I'm seeing. My mind is okay with what I'm seeing, 
but my body is not, and it's reacting to what I'm seeing. And so I walk away. I turn I turn around, so I'm not looking anymore. I walk away. I walk over by the truck. I lean up against the truck, and I pass out. And I and thankfully, I think it was just a split second. I black out. I come back. First time it's ever happened in my life. Only time it's ever happened in my life. I pass out, and I come back to, and my ears are ringing. You know, uh, uh, I felt like I wanted to throw up. It was like this crazy feeling. I was almost like appalled that I had like actually fainted, you know, totally unexpected. But you know what that taught me that day? And actually an important lesson is that I'm not my body. My body is something that I have. My body is something that's a, it's an earth suit for me here, but I'm not a body. And in serving the Lord, that's come to serve me well. I mean, I've studied the word. And so I know what the word says. The word says the same thing. I'm not a body. I live in the body. I am a spirit. But an understanding that this body is not me. It's something that I need to still be on this planet, but um, uh, also not to trust it. it. It doesn't know what it's talking about when it commands you to do certain things, when it, when it tries to push you around, when you want to fast and it puts up a fuss. Don't trust your body. It's not the true you. So that was story number two. Um, I had one other situation where I saw a movie, kind of a crazy movie that was about this guy who got stuck hiking. It was called 127 Hours. And I started to feel the same thing. It was this, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And I had to walk out of the theater and go in the bathroom and like splash water in my face. And it was so unusual for, for me because I'm, again, I don't mind seeing what I'm seeing, but my body is disagreeing with me completely. But what that taught me is your body is not you. It's something you live in. And then the, uh, the next story is um, uh, my... A, really a simple decision that I made a number of years ago. You know, you, you may find this hard to believe, but uh, when I was younger, uh, 19, 20, well, really from 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I was more of a glasses half empty person. I was funny. I cracked a lot of jokes, but I was definitely like, what's the worst case scenario? Let me get okay with the worst case scenario. and um, And then... That way, I'm not disappointed or it doesn't catch me off guard, right? And so when I started in sales, even though I did well, I would always just, to try and remove pressure, I would say, well, what's the worst case scenario? And then I'd try to get myself okay with that. And then that way, I didn't feel like I had pressure, right? Um, which is not the right thing to do, by the way. Uh, we're not called as Christians to live worst case scenario lives. We're called to go from glory to glory. But um, I remember this year coming, and I don't really do New Year's resolutions, but this year, I just felt like the Lord really put praise on my heart. I don't know if I was listening to some teaching or what, but really put praise on my heart to, to default, to not be a person. I've never really, I don't think, been a person who complains, but to default to be a person that praises every day. Like I felt like without praise, life was just happening to me. Life would come, things would come. I would almost like brace for impact because I was expecting a battle and then it would come and I would struggle through it and then I'd be out the other side. And then you'd always get through it. But it was almost like I let my attitude be, a, be affected by a battle or by the thought that there was a battle coming. And so I played, stayed in a place where it almost felt like the only way, best way to describe it is like I was bracing for impact. Like, all right, what's the next fight that's around the corner that I'm going to have to battle through? But then I remember realizing and, and having this moment where I was like, I, I need to be a person who praises and this is going to change things for me. And it was a simple decision that I made in my heart that I'm going to be a person not who thinks about 
uh, worst case scenario, I'm going to be a person that praises every single day. I'm going to praise God. And I made a vow to God. And I said, God, from this day forward until the day that you come to get me, I'm going to praise you every single day. And I've, and I've almost kept it perfectly. There's been a couple of days where for whatever reason it gets to the end and I don't. And then I wake up the next day and then I praise doubly as hard. But a decision that my default won't be worry, my default won't be stress, my default will be to praise the Lord. And so what I would do and what I still do is I come into my office, I turn on music when I wasn't around my house, if I'm at a hotel, turn on music and just dance before the Lord. Why? Because God is good and He doesn't change. My circumstances can change, but He doesn't change. And I want to tell you that's been one of the best, you know, a life of praise is a life of joy. The Bible says He gives us um, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for uh, mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so you turn yourself. I, I, I even feel like my personality and outlook on life changed. You can't spend time every day praising the Lord for his goodness, for what he's done, and not see something happen. Psalm 67 verse 5 and 6 says, let the people praise him, let all the people praise him, and the earth shall yield her increase, and God, even our own God, will bless us. The earth responds, increase is a response from the earth for our praise, but it puts us in a place of expectation where you can't be downtrodden, you can't be downcast. Why? Because you praise. And there have been plenty of times where I I felt down. But because of my vow to the Lord, I didn't want to praise. I wanted to come in and just put on sad worship music or just worship music that I could like, you know, feel down in and not have to change my... But praise, you can't praise and be sad. It's impossible, at least not after the first 20 seconds, like if you're actually doing it with your whole heart. And so those are my stories for you today. But if you do anything, but this year especially... You know, praise guarantees you increase. If you that the people praise him, let all the people praise him, then the earth shall yield its increase. If you say, I need increase, decide this year to be a person of praise. Decide to turn the notch up. Turn it up on your praise and see what God will do. It's a law that he's put in place. He inhabits the praises of his people. But your personality can change. Oh, I'm not a very happy person. I'm not a very outgoing person. Begin to praise. And, and, and don't, don't check with your personality if you're allowed to do something that the Bible says. And let's be people of the word. I love you guys. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. If it's uh, encouraged you, if it's helped you, please share it on Instagram. That helps us. And we'll see you tomorrow.